What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Unsolicited with Sam and Jordan. I am Sam, this is Jordan, and we have a very special um, episode for you guys today. We have our third guest in history on to talk everything football, everything Super Bowl, to get us ready for what's to come in Vegas. But before we get started, Jordan, how are you doing? Um, you know, I'm not doing my best, Sam. As I mentioned on the show last week, this Super Bowl matchup is literally my worst nightmare. Um, and I do have to give a little clap to Sam. She called the 49ers going to the Super Bowl um, ahead of this year or ahead of this season. So I need to give credit where credit is due. And I yelled at her when she did it. Um, and look <laughs> at where we are. But no, overall good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to get into this episode. Um, so without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest. Um, this is actually old co-worker of ours turned amazing producer for FanDuel TV and an on-air talent. We are so excited to welcome Matt Hamilton to the show. Matt, how are you doing? Thank you so much for coming on. I'm great. It's, it's great to be here. Good to see you guys. Talk to you guys again. Um, really appreciate you reaching out and, and having me on. Of course, of course. Yes. And we have so much to go over. That's why we didn't want to waste any time because this is a jam-packed Super Bowl. I am honestly, I guess one of our first things to get into here is, is this a Super Bowl you were expecting at all? I did think the Niners were going to get there before the season two. That was my preseason pick. I got to be honest, I didn't see this coming with the Chiefs with the way the regular season ends. And I do I do a show every week on uh, Kansas City Sports Network with Chase Daniel. We're breaking down Chiefs offensive film and, you know, kind of really going in depth on the struggles they've had all year long and, and the way they turn this up for the playoffs. Uh, you know, didn't totally see this coming, believed in the defense, but didn't expect the offense to really get together like this. I really thought Baltimore was going to get it done. Definitely. Yeah. I was a big, I was so convinced with the way that the Ravens played all season that they just had the momentum. And I was getting a little nervous because like you already mentioned, the way the Chiefs season, the regular season ended, we were kind of unsure, like they were figuring it out, but still not the Chiefs that we are used to. And then after that first playoff game, I was like, okay, this looks, this looks a little better. And then after the second, I was like, all right, they're back. So here we are. Yeah, here we are again. Um, I think we definitely want to go over some championship weekend stuff first before we get into like the full Super Bowl. So Jordan, I'll let you take this question because um, you were the one really pushing for Lamar in this one. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I literally had to issue a public apology to Taylor Swift ahead of the Ravens <laughs> Chiefs game. Um, just because I've never rooted against the woman in my entire life. She's she's helped raise me. She's mother. I've been listening to her since first grade. Yes. Um, so it was a really tough moment for me because um, obviously after what the Chiefs did to the Eagles, I, I wasn't ready to see them back there. That's still a really raw wound. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, 
that game couldn't have been more opposite of what I was anticipating. Um, if the Ravens weren't going to win, obviously I knew there was a chance as Patrick Mahomes, like you can't ever 100% count them out. However, with the way the Ravens were playing this entire season, it just seemed like Lamar finally had it. It was clicking. This whole team was clicking. Um, and I just really wanted it for them. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was brutal. It was. Sure. Yeah, it really was. And it was shocking. You know, you're right. The way that it played out, I think, is what made it so shocking. Because if you're going to tell me that the Chiefs got shut out in the second half and won the game, you know, I would have thought there was no chance they'd win that game with the way Lamar and that Ravens offense has been playing all year. Yeah. And I think that Jordan and I were even talking about it. And we were like, you know, like you mentioned, like the Chiefs aren't the way that they were before and Lamar's obviously most likely going to be our MVP again this year like he's looked incredible this off season, this um postseason and like I was wholeheartedly convinced especially with the whole uh Super Bowl logo um like conspiracy <laughs> with like the purple in there I was like they have to get in here because they were getting a 49ers or a Chiefs in here for the for the red I think you know the Ravens have to get in there <laughs> But I, I genuinely was surprised when when this was going down. I was expecting a lot more of them. Are you still on the Lamar MVP train, Matt? Yeah, I think it's still his award because remember too, the votes are all done before the right before the playoffs start. So mm-hmm. um, I do think he still wins that MVP, and he should. He deserves it. He was the most valuable player during the regular season. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a this is a rough on. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge Lamar fan. I you know I've always wanted to see him do well. I've always been a huge fan of his game and the way he goes about his business, but this is a tough one because, you know, I think if he got to play this game over, he'd do a lot of things really differently and seeing him force the ball a little bit too much, being a little loose with it. um, You know, there are a lot of opportunities for the Ravens to take control of this game. Definitely. Now, what do you think about the Ravens now moving forward? Because the Ravens coming into this season, I knew they were going to be fierce, but I didn't necessarily have them going to the Super Bowl. Now they've gotten this close. What what do you think they need to do next season to try and recreate that and get back here and then get to the big game? Yeah, and that's what's so hard. And, you know, they got a couple uh key pieces that are going to be free agents like Matabike, the defensive tackle that had this phenomenally all pro season. He's, he's hitting the market. Now you wonder if Mike McDonald, who's, who was the best defensive coordinator in the league this year, is he going to get the Seahawks job? Is he going to get the commander's job? Will he be back? Um, So those are things that they may have to be replacing. And then you also have to deal with Joe Burrow coming back healthy and a Bengals team that's going to have a last place schedule in that division and a lot going for them. So, um, you know, being in the toughest division in football doesn't help either, but uh, obviously they're still going to have a lot of talent on that roster. Um, I think it's just going to be a matter of, you know, I, I fully expect them to be back in the playoffs. It's just going to be a matter of, I think, learning their lessons. I think the coaching staff with the way they have been in the run in that game and Lamar just pressing a little bit too much. Can they learn those lessons for next year and, and, you know, try to regroup and make a run at this thing again? Yeah. Before we go on to the Lions, I saw something interesting on Instagram today that was basically like, has the era of Lamar now passed? Like, have they used the prime years of Lamar Jackson and like never got, I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But like, Honestly, personally, I mean, yes, I'm there, you know, every year you get older, but in my opinion, I don't think that that era per se is over, but like, what do you think? Do you think that like they have wasted the prime years of Lamar Jackson? 
I agree with you because I think I think he's still developing. I think we're still yeah. seeing growth in his game um, as a passer. This was his best year by far as a passer. It was mm-hmm. his first year too in this Todd Monken offense. And you know yep. that first year was always the toughest. Getting getting that under his belt going into year two of that, I think he's going to be even better as a passer next season. And especially when you look at some of his weapons, how young they are. Zay Flowers was a rookie. Isaiah mm-hmm. Likely was in his second year and really only got thrust into a starting role the second half of the season when Andrews got hurt. So those guys get more experience. It's going to help him too. And obviously, you know, he lost a starting running back the first game of the season, whether it's JK Dobbins back or they go get somebody else, you know, I think they're still going to be upgrading the talent around him. And I think he's still, I still think there's another level to his game that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, Matt, going off of what you just said, especially from last season too, because we've seen kind of highs and lows with Lamar, but this season things felt different. It felt like all these little things that we were unsure if they were going to click, like everything just clicked at once. Um, And he looked so... (laughs) 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 It's the cats, it's the cats. I don't know if you Um, can hear them be yowing in the background. I'm trying to get them to stop. (laughs) I got a couple swarming around me right now too. (laughs) So, I'm sorry. Um, no, you're totally fine. But yeah, no, all these things really just started clicking um, for Lamar. And I, I think it's just going to continue to escalate. And obviously, he's a dual threat mobile quarterback. His like expectancy isn't going to be as long as the way Tom Brady played, who just mainly stayed in, in the pocket. Um, so we know we don't have as much longer with Lamar Jackson, but I still think he has a couple things that he can continue to grow on. And they still have a chance. Yeah, and I think as he continues to evolve too, we may see him have more longevity than maybe we thought earlier yeah. in his career. Like we saw somebody that you know well as an Eagles fan, Randall Cunningham, how you know people thought uh, you know he was going to disappear, yeah. and then he has that season with the '98 Vikings where he's airing it out with Randy Moss and Chris Carson. So you never know. If, you know, I think I think there's still a lot a lot left to Lamar's game mm-hmm. for sure. We, we are Lamar uh, believers on this podcast. Yeah. So um, we are rooting for Lamar no matter what, our MVP. Um, let's move on to the Lions a little bit because we were also desperately, desperately wanting a Lions Super Bowl. Um, if there was any team that was more deserving, it was the Lions. Um, so I guess my first question here is, there was a lot of calls and and this is like the Dan Campbell way, right? Like he is super aggressive. He goes for it on fourth down. Um, He'll try to go for the points instead of kicking a field goal. Do you think this is, you know, he, I feel like he does it too often, but do you think that's always the right move? And do you think at this point, the lions have like kind of ruined their chances of like getting back to where they were before or is, or is that chance still up in the air? So as far as the aggressive calls, to your point, it is who Dan Campbell is. It's a part of his identity. And it it almost would have bothered me more if he didn't, if he changed the way he was doing things in the playoffs or got tight in the playoffs. I like the fact that he stayed with his identity. But that being said, as you said, you don't always have to go for it. And I think you gotta you have to pick your spots. And I think honestly, the one that bothered me was the the field goal attempt that would have put them up 17. Do you have a chance to go up three scores? I think you you have to take it the one where they were trailing by three and they could have tied the game. They knew they needed a touchdown still to win that game. They knew what the Niners, the Niners offense had gotten it going at that point. That one didn't bother me, but yeah, the one that would have put them up 17, that's the one. So I think you still have to take it by case by case basis. And I think you have to go, 
you know, you have to use that feel of kind of how the game is going and, and where the momentum is and, and what's going on. And I, I do think, you know, and I'm not just saying in hindsight at the time, like you got to kick this to go up 17, like, you know, um, obviously if they made it, we wouldn't be talking about this, but, um, but yeah, it is, it's a part of his identity, but as far as them kind of wasting their opportunity, I do think we're going to see this team back in the mix going forward. I don't think it was just a one year thing. Um, one, just the way Dan Campbell approaches everything. I don't think he's going to let this team get mopey um, and, you know, have that kind of hangover. I think this is only going to motivate them, if anything. Um, and then the big thing, the news today that Ben Johnson's coming back as the offensive coordinator, that he's not going to take a head coaching job. That is huge to have that continuity because we've seen that derail teams before, like when the Falcons lost Kyle Shanahan, the Eagles this past year. Um, yeah. It's uh, that can really derail teams more than anything, losing those coordinators. So getting him back in the fold, I think is going to be huge. And uh, and also Brad Holmes with what he's done and and his eye for talent. I mean, the drafts that he's put together since he's become the GM, you got to think they're going to add even more talent this offseason. So I think the Lions are still in really good hands. And I think they're still they're still building this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I also I love that Jared Goff is kind of getting more recognition now because I never understood why the Rams were so just ready to move on. Like he brought you to a Super Bowl. Obviously it was an ugly Super Bowl, but he got you there and he was so young at the time. And there really, there was no signs of like real regression to like, to the point where it's like, all right, we're ready to move on. So I think what he's doing with the Lions is unbelievable and kind of like the way we, we were just talking about with Lamar, Jared Goff is still continuously getting better. And now he has like this veteran experience. He has a Super Bowl appearance. He's now made a playoff run. He's played in really tough games. So I think everything that he's learning too. And again, Matt, like you mentioned, all the the fact that they're keeping all these pieces together, they're still a young team for the most part too. And just consistently build up um I, I think the lions could be a threat for another couple of years which i like <laughs> and it's a it's a great point on golf too because uh, i just think you're seeing a different person with the lions than we saw with the rams like he has he's salty with the media <laughs> like he's got yes. an attitude now and and he carries himself with so much more confidence and i do think like as great a coach as sean McVay is and he's phenomenal the way that he kind of managed him, they did a lot of the thinking for him with how they called things. And I don't think he was really developing. And I think when he got to Detroit with Ben Johnson, it was more of a collaborative process. It wasn't just a, you know, McVeigh kind of trying to tell him what to do and don't F up the game. It was, you know, we're going to work at this thing together. And I've seen so much growth out of his game since he's gotten to Detroit. He is a much better quarterback than he was in LA. And he's, he's really on uh, Ben Johnson really helped unlock something in him um, that's brought him to another level. And yeah, I don't, I don't think he's just going to magically regress here just because of one loss. I think he's, he, I think this is who he is now. Yeah, for sure. And I saw actually today, um, the 30th, he was traded. The Stafford golf trade happened today, three years ago, Oh wow! which is like insane to think about because three years ago, I have a video of me in my car. I think Jordan and I were actually on FaceTime. When Probably. <laughs> I'm in my car. I'm like in like uh, Bedford Stuyvesant in Brooklyn. I have my phone like on my, my car vent screaming at the top of my lungs. Cause like who in the world was predicting before the Super Bowl even happened that Jared Goff and Matt Stafford were going to trade places. So the fact that three years, I mean, yes, they're aging every year, but 
I mean, golf is golf is like Jordan said, he's been in Super Bowl, he's made this playoff run. I, I agree with you. I think that this could be um this could be a really good for the Lions. And like I said, I think they are the true America's team. I don't think anybody doesn't like the Lions. Like, I feel like there's even, like, Packers, Bears, Vikings fans that, like, can't really hate the Lions. (laughs) The Lions, just everything that they've been through and their fan base, they just have this, like, nice, loyal fan base that's like, I just want my team. Like, Eagles fans want the same thing, but we're aggressive and, like, a little scary. Lions fans are like, all I want is my team a little (laughs) they're like i just want to watch my team win a football game like and once they get that they're happy like i saw everyone after i saw some people hating on reynolds which makes me so sad because obviously the whole game was not on him it's awful i obviously see some of that to an extent but overall i saw lions fans just being like thank you like this was the most fun i've had in so long like and i'm sitting there weeping i'm like you deserve (laughs) it like (laughs) And I do. I, I love seeing this for them, too. I spent a little time in that organization, their scouting department um, in 2013 and uh, to see where they've come. And obviously there were some issues, you know, that was when Jim Schwartz was the was the head coach. And mm-hmm. there were some issues there in the organization and to yeah. see just like the leadership they have in place now with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and, you know, seeing this for that fan base, they really are the best. I mean, those training camps were packed. It didn't matter what was going on. Those fans showed up and, and were so great every single practice that we had when I was there. And, you know, I love seeing this for them. Yeah. I mean, in my eyes, the ideal Super Bowl was Lions Bills. That was the ideal Super Bowl that like, (laughs) everyone Vegas would have burnt to the ground literally <laughs> like just in the middle of the strip just tables on fire people running around with no clothes on it I think that it just would have been an incredibly magical experience I know I would have loved that much more than what we have right now but <laughs> Chiefs Niners Matt looking at this matchup would you say that the two better teams were the teams that made it to the Super Bowl or did they just get lucky on this playoff run. I do think the Niners, um, I think the Niners were the best team in the NFC consistently throughout the year. They had their, they had their few, their moments too. But um, I think overall, when you look at the roster they had together, the way that Purdy's played this year, um, I think they absolutely, you know, they were the best team in the NFC and they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, on the AFC side, you know, I think, the Chiefs figured it out going into the playoffs, like we were talking about before. They've been the best team in in these playoffs, um, and I think it's a huge credit to Mahomes, kind of recalibrating the way he's mentally approached these games. And he talked about it a little bit going in, but I still didn't fully believe it because when you're as talented as he is, you know, he talked about being a game manager and like our defense is the strength of our team, not our offense. I can't mess the games up. And he's back. He he hasn't committed a single turnover in any of these three games. And um, during the regular season, he didn't go back to back games without a turnover once. So it really speaks to how he's protected the football and really, you know, kind of leaned on his defense, leaned on the running game more. And obviously, of course, Travis Kelsey getting healthy and, and coming along the way he has has been a huge difference maker, too. But I really think it's Patrick Mahomes really changing the way he's approached the game mentally, which when you're, when you can do all the things he can do from the quarterback spot, that's hard to do. It really is. I mean, I think that this is going to be so, so overplayed in the next week and two weeks, 
But the, the conversation of if, if Patrick Mahomes retires today, you know, he doesn't have seven rings like Tom Brady. But, like, in our eyes, I don't know if it's a recency bias or anything, but, like, that kid's got to get, like, a huge number of Super Bowls under his belt, especially if Andy Reid sticks around. Travis Kelsey was just running around saying he's going to play for 11 more years. Like, the man's going to be 45 years old. Like, I, I, I can't even picture that an old Travis Kelsey well, – not old, but old Travis Kelsey running around. But, like, do you believe that? Do you think that – Patrick Mahomes can be the greatness that Tom Brady was for all those years? I do. I mean, I think we're seeing with the start, he may not win seven, but I mean, already making four Super Bowls in a five-year span, there's only three teams that have ever done that. It was the the early 90s Bills. It was the 2014 to 2018 Patriots, and now now this Chiefs team. So, um, And if he wins a third, he'll be – it'll be the fourth team to win three in a five year span with like the seventies Steelers, the nineties Cowboys, like the list, the lists that he's joining, it's all legendary company. So um, I do think he has that in him and it, it, it does make it more impressive to me. We're going to talk about this a little bit on, on our show with Kay tomorrow, but the fact that he's done it now, you know, when these quarterbacks are on the rookie contracts, we talk about it, like it's easier to win. You can put more talent around them. Now that he's the highest paid, he's the highest paid quarterback in the league this year. They have to sell off Tyreek Hill. They can't bring back Orlando Brown. They have to get rid of all these pieces, and he's still back. Um, there were six seasons in which Tom Brady was a top five paid quarterback. We know he took discounts other years. Mm-hmm. None of those six seasons he made a Super Bowl when he was the top five paid quarterback in the roster to lead around him. I'm not saying I'm just That's throwing that fact out there, but yeah, yeah. I also, I think what's so impressive with Patrick Mahomes too. Now, obviously Tom Brady was great throughout his entire career, but I feel like it really picked up more, like more consistently, I should say later on, like when he really was this veteran presence, Patrick Mahomes came out of the gates. Obviously he sat, which is a tangent I love to go on because I, I'm a big fan of organizations that will get a quarterback, sit them behind a veteran, let them develop and then drop them into the earth. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But so now, but ever since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, took over, it's been quick. Like Mm -hmm. he wasted no time. So I just think that in and of itself is super impressive too. Um, And yeah, Yeah. I think he's one of the best athletes we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're right with Brady because early on, like people forget because the Patriots won those Super Bowls with Brady early on, but they had the number one defense. He was, you know, he was throwing for like 180 yards a game. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't what we saw later. It was really 07 where it kind of changed for Brady when he got Randy Moss and started airing it out. That's when he really became the guy that, you know, we knew him to be for most of his career. But those early Super Bowls, it was, it was, you know, he was kind of just not messing the game up. He, you know. Not to take anything away from him, but you're right. Yeah. Like, the way Mahomes, Mahomes was that guy airing it out from his first year as a starter. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it with guys that are like, yeah, you know, Rashi Rice is a rookie. You know, he's passing the ball off to Isaiah Pacheco. You know, they're not even putting Kadarius Tony yeah. in the game. I know he came out and he said that he was like, I'm not even hurt. Like, yeah. I, I, like they're just not playing me, which I think is hilarious. Classic um, Kadarius, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a Giants fan, I know. I didn't have the man to begin with. I was that's, – that's a whole other story we could get into. <laughs> um, obviously, 
we have to get into the whole Taylor Swift mania with you just a little bit. It's it's <laughs> completely you can't get around it. It's and as uh, Taylor Swift fans on this show, you must be very careful with what you say around us. We we love the woman to death. Um, the last week we did say that she didn't deserve to go to the Super Bowl. So she did. We, we I just, still. Wow. I also, all the Swifties that like were like, oh, I'm going to hop. I never paid attention to NFL in my life. I'm now going to pay attention to the Chiefs because Taylor Swift's part of it. I want to look them all look look them all in the eye and be like, it's not this easy. Like, look at the Lions who have been waiting for 33 years. Like, you've been here three months and you just waltzed your way, your way right yeah. in. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on every, basically everything that's been yeah. going on with Taylor and Travis? Well, I think first of all, and again, I'm not just saying this because it's you guys. Um, I really think the 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 people that get upset about her getting shown during the games for like five seconds is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> again, she's celebrating. She's happy. She's the biggest star in the world, and she's celebrating, and she, you know, she's happy for her boyfriend when he scores touchdowns. Are we really going to get this upset um, that she's on camera? It's it's ridiculous. Um, overall, I think I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing for the game, you know. And and who ca- if her and Travis are happy, like who cares? I, I, you know, why do we need to interfere with their lives? Um, let them be. Let them do their thing. And you know. Uh, it's it doesn't affect your life that much to get upset about it while you're watching it it, it doesn't it, it's not this huge imposition on your life to see her on the screen for five seconds while you're watching a football game yes no this has really brought out dark sides of like all different kinds of people and yeah. i sam i don't know if you're getting caught in the in the strands of this as well but me being in the middle because like we're longtime nfl swifties so like if i post something about taylor swift i get hate from nfl fans if oh I post something like God. Related, I'm getting hate from Swifties. And I'm like, Ugh. guys, I love both of them. Like, this is not meant to be like a thing. Like, I just, I feel like it's creating a lot of toxic energy for something that just seems so pure and so happy. The two of them look like so happy in love. The, yeah. I, Sam, I know you feel the same way. I cannot stop watching the videos of them on the field oh. after their win, the pictures of them, like, they're both beaming and just enjoying life. And I'm like, why we have to be so negative about it? I don't understand. I, I just, I, I think I blocked three people on TikTok this week. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. I posted one video about Taylor Swift and I, it literally was just a video of just saying like, nobody cares that you don't care about Taylor Swift basically. And there, like I had to like, somebody was just like, I'm gonna bomb her house. And I was like, holy shit, insane. <laughs> like people are so over dramatic about it. And I even saw somebody on Twitter, a, a Swifty who uh, as a joke, like took a screenshot of like Eminem at the, I guess it was the championship game or maybe it was the divisional round. And mm. basically she was just like, oh my God, they're showing Eminem too much on the screen. It's ruining my experience. <laughs> Literally, I was like, I, when they cut to him, I literally said to Brian, my boyfriend, I was like, do you think the whole world is going to freak out that they showed a clip of Eminem? I was like, no one, like, no one cares. It's, it's just, it's crazy. It's so crazy. But you know, I did see a bet. Um, I forget uh, what sports book it was, but something about Taylor Swift uh, getting proposed to if the Chiefs win, if, if Travis Kelsey would actually. Oh my God, Travis would be that person. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't think about it, but he 100 would be that guy. He's oh my horny God. as hell. He's yeah. 
He's so corny. I love when like there's things where they're like, Travis Kelsey is planning a special, you know, Valentine's Day romance for Taylor Swift. And it's just like, oh yeah, babe, they sell cheesecake at the factory. Like, yeah. He's such a goofball. But I think that it kind of works for her, you know? Yeah. But again, as long as they're happy, you know. That's that's all we care about. Really yeah. quick, Jordan, did you see the uh, tennis bracelets? Oh my God, I saw the tennis bracelets. Did you, matching tennis bracelets. He's got one too. Shut up. I saw hers. I didn't know there was a set. He's got one too and she's got the TNT. And then, yeah, and then the 87 ring. The 87 ring. I was like, I want one of Brian's baseball jersey. That's the (laughs) coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Tears were screaming down my face. But, oh God, I can't do it. I also love the progression of like from all the games she went to. It was like the number 87 or Kelsey got larger with like every single appearance. And then this last game, it was like 87 Kelsey, like all like plastered all over her. And I was like, I'm living for this. Yeah. <laughs> very good for her brand it's very good for his brand and i love that their people were saying that she's a gold digger i'm like she's worth 1.1 billion dollars i was like she could wipe her butt with the incentive that travis kelsey just got and not even care about it i'm pretty sure i read an article that her cat i don't know which one i know there's multiple one of her cats net worth olivia is larger her Feline cat larger than her net worth is larger than Travis Kelsey's. People don't I'm get it. I'm very disappointed in my cats right now. Yeah, no, <laughs> literally, no joke. To go, off on a cat tangent, to go on a, off on a cat tangent real quick, I saw this girl on TikTok who was talking about how she just started a cat page on TikTok and now she makes $220,000 a year just off of that. And literally, I was just talking to my fiance and he was just like, we need to make him a star. <laughs> like, how do we make him a star? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Hello. Hi. You got you work to, to do, buddy. To work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see that Emmy in the background? You got to make, like, at least three more of those for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but amazing. anyway, as much as I'd love my animals to pay, my rent would be fantastic. Um, yeah. Let's Let's talk a little bit about the fact that this is not the first, uh, you know, Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl that we're seeing, which is, first of all, crazy. And for Jordan and I, our first year at Good Morning Football was this Super Bowl. Um, so, and we were very excited because it was two yeah. very brand new teams. Like, you know, we weren't tired of seeing it, but. I was in love with that. I was, I have a rolling with Mahomes t-shirt <laughs> from that year. And now, oh, it's, man. like hidden locked in the corner yep. of my closet i don't know if i'll ever be able to pull it out again but surprised I mean, you didn't burn it last year i know i know <laughs> i would Sometimes not have been for videos though so it stays hidden but what i just wanted to mention was the fact that the 49ers team in and of itself is a completely different team i know patrick Mahomes has got different we- weapons and stuff but it's still him and travis kelsey for like the main things but like 49ers have new quarterback, new running back, like a whole kind of new roster. Without basically, like just George Kittle is showing up again. So yeah. what are your thoughts on, you know, this kind of new era of the 49ers, Brock Purdy? Is he average? Is he good? Is he great? Is he MVP caliber? You know, I think everybody has so many different opinions on him. Yeah, and I, I, 
I, I like it. I think he's a good quarterback. I, uh, you know, um, I could see it. I, I remember I did a, I did a breakdown of him after his first start that he made uh, last year after he took over for Jimmy. Cause you could see, you could see it. You could see the ability that he has. And again, he's not, he doesn't have the physical skill of a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. We know that, but that doesn't mean he can't be a good quarterback. The, the, some of the greatest quarterbacks that I've ever played the game weren't the guys that were the most physically talented. There's a lot more to the position than that. And, and, you know, the people that say, oh, well, he just has a great coach and great talent around him. Name me one quarterback that's been successful without talent or without a good coach. Um, so I think a lot of the hate he gets is undeserved. Um, I think it's all about keeping it in perspective. Like, again, we know he's not the most physically talented, but look at what he's doing. And I think when you look at the difference in the offense with him versus Garoppolo, it's clear he has command over that offense in a way, you know, there was always a nervousness with Jimmy that you never knew what the hell he was going to do. There's a turnover waiting to happen with Brock. He's in command and the way that he extends plays and was able to make things happen as we saw in that NFC championship game, when things did break down, when the plays didn't go the way that Kyle Shanahan called them, when the guys weren't open right away. Um, I think that should have been eye opening for people that, Hey, he's not just, it's not just him just running the system. It's he, he can make things happen on his own. So, um, you know, I love to see that moment for him. Um, you know, I hope he continues to show it in the Super Bowl and, and proves more people wrong because I think it's ridiculous the amount of hate he gets for basically just existing and, you know, being on a successful team. You know, and I think going off of your point, I think if imagine if we had Jimmy Garoppolo in his position this year with the two playoff games they had to get to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo makes it out of them, but Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy was the one who helped to win them those games. Um, yeah. And I, I'll admit, I never hated Brock Purdy, but I was one of the people that was like, he's a good system quarterback. Again, surrounded by talent. I was like, he's great, but I didn't know if he was capable of the big plays. And this weekend or this, this playoff run literally proved to me like, no, he, he's got it. He has all the makings. Um, and still young and still trending in the right direction. So um, it makes me nervous to have a team, uh, to be a fan of a team in the NFC when the 49ers look the way they do right now. Jordan, I think that was the nicest thing you said about the 49ers all year. He has been <laughs> ragging on this team since September. No, I think it's my karma. I swear to God, because all I've done since preseason is completely shit on the Chiefs and the 49ers look where that got me and all i wanted was to see lamar in the super bowl and no. here i am um so i think i have to you know duck my head a little bit and maybe if i'm a little more humble and a little more um able to give credit where credit is due maybe next year the eagles will not completely fall apart on me <laughs> please <laughs> i mean i i get it when you're hearing them you know the whole thing with the way that NFC championship went and, you know, it that thought that miserable. Yeah. And, you know, hearing them say that, yeah, they would have beaten you if they had brought, I, I get it. There's, there's a lot of animosity there and it's, it's, it, it, and rightfully so on both sides of it, honestly. Yeah, no, I definitely, I don't like them. I definitely am yeah. not rooting for them, but <laughs> if I remove my heart from the situation, Brock Purdy doesn't stink. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I originally said in like the beginning of the season that I said, I don't know how crazy I was at this time, but I thought, I thought that 
Brock Purdy was, again, an average quarterback that if you put Daniel Jones in the position of Brock Purdy today, they'd be in the same position. And now I'm not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, I, 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 will, I, will, I will die on the Daniel Jones hill. I've put myself atop it. I can never get I can never get down. I've, I've put too much belief and thought into it. But oh, and and I'm a believer in him when he's healthy as well. I think the injuries are the uh, the injuries are have to be concerning now because they've they've been piling up and I think it's something to be genuinely worried about but when he's healthy he showed it he didn't have a ton of talent around him last year and got that team to the playoffs and played a phenomenal game against the Vikings um it was a shame and we had him as a weekly guest on on up at Adams this year um before the injury and it was just it was painful to see everything that he had to go through um it was everything went wrong that could go wrong for him this year. And I don't think, you know, he gets, obviously when you're the quarterback, you're going to get blamed for a lot of it, but I don't think it's, uh, it's necessarily fair. It's not, it's not yeah. fair. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I am still not on, I was more on the Daniel Jones train, obviously when he got, but again, it's the injuries. I just, I feel like the consistency yeah. isn't there. I need to see like a longer period of time it would be nice advanced. it would be nice yeah <laughs> if he stayed healthy <laughs> yeah we're not pulling the kid out of jerseys let's Tommy to his house. he's our starting quarterback got Tyron <laughs> taylor who's like fragile in every bit of his body yeah Just, yeah we i did like the tommy devito era though that was fun it was, it was a fun moment life. yeah yeah i was thriving I love <laughs> my brother got me a Tommy Cutlets like t-shirt jersey on Christmas and then my whole world fell apart hours later so, <laughs> that was it that was, I've not worn it yet I can't put it on my body yet but no I don't okay. I also I want to I want to touch on the fact how weird is it that 2024 right now have you guys seen this is becoming like a full repeat of 2020 starting with the Super Bowl no, please no <laughs> Election <laughs> candidates, and it's also a leap year because it's full four years. Jordan, how we dare are, these things? Isn't it like pretty scary though? No. Don't put this out there. I know. <laughs> no, we can't do this again. We can't do it again. I, I don't have the mental capacity to to take on another. Another. Pandemic. Yeah, no, that would be a lot, but a lot of coincidences. Kind of weird. Um. Overall, let's let's just get into like just some basic predictions here. Matt, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Right now, yeah. I have to lean 49ers. I just Ooh. think when you look at, as well as the Chiefs have been playing and everything's gone kind of perfectly for them, I just think when you look at the overall talent that the Niners still have, the defense worried me a little bit after what I saw against Detroit. But I think when you look at the overall talent level that they have, I think there's an advantage there. And it's going to come down to Purdy not making critical mistakes in this game, which the one knock on him that I would I will say, you know, there have been a couple moments where he's gotten a little loose with the ball in both of these playoff games. Um, but right now I, I have to give the Niners a little bit of an edge. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, and they are coming out. I just double checked. They are coming out as two point favorites right now. Um, I don't know. I feel like talent wise, I think the 49ers have the better roster. And that's, you really can't even argue that. That's just fact. 
Um, but there's something about Patrick Mahomes and the way the Chiefs are playing right now. And he, he has so much experience here that I feel like he's just going to find a way to do what he does and pull out the win. So I'm leaning Chiefs. <sighs> I don't even know. <laughs> a red team will win. That's I know for a fact. A team with red in it will win. But that's true. I do have to we say knew that though, when we saw the logo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like Jordan said earlier, I did like back in July predict that the 49ers were just gonna win it all. So I guess I'll just stick by my guns. But I, I hope that this is just a genuinely good game. Like I don't want to see like what I just saw with the Ravens. Like that's yeah. not fun to watch. Like last year's Super Bowl. I know it wasn't fun at the end for you, Jordan, but that was a good Super Bowl to watch. It was back and forth. It was, you know, hard hitting. It was entertaining. I just, I just, you know, it was, it was so fun. It was great. I don't even know how I like reacted to you. Like, I don't even know if I texted you or anybody. I don't think I spoke to anyone until the next, I literally think I shut down. Like, I literally think I hibernated because also, also, it was the most brutal, brutal night for me ever. So, Eagles Super Bowl, Matt, my boyfriend plays minor league baseball. So, he does mm -hmm. baseball. He, the Super Bowl was February 12th. He had to wake oh, yeah. up at 6 45 the next morning to leave for spring training where oh, I wouldn't God. see him for eight weeks. So, oh, Eagle Blues. Boyfriend leaves, and then the next day was Valentine's Day after both of those things just happened to me. And I literally just like <laughs> cried. <laughs> I was like, This yeah, is a really rough couple days. Oh, it was, I, I was like, This just doesn't feel fair right now. <laughs> but we made it, we made it out. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I left the stadium, I was just all surrounded by Eagles fans, and there was not a word spoken the entire way out of that stadium. It was, I thought, you know. I grew up, I have to say, like now, you know, doing what we do, you know, I appreciate all the teams and all the fan bases and everything. But, you know, I grew up, you know, it being ingrained in me as a Giants fan growing up to not like the Eagles, obviously. Yeah. But um, I felt for them that day. It was it was a brutal scene. It was a brutal scene walking out of there. Yeah. Let me tell you, this this girl right here, she she makes me have a soft spot for these crazy people. Like I don't even like I never liked the Eagles, never in my life. My dad yeah. wasn't my dad didn't even grow up a Giants fan. He grew up a Jets fan, but I wanted to be a Giants fan and he grinded at me. He was like, They don't you don't like those birds. They're bad, bad. They have a prison <laughs> in there in their field. They're bad. And then I meet Jordan and she's this beautiful sunshine of a person. Thank you. I hate, I hate that it. is literally my favorite comment ever is when like people are like, I hate the Eagles, but you're not awful. I'm like, thank you. I I know that takes a lot for everyone to say, yeah. so I appreciate it. That's the best compliment you could possibly It get. really is. You know what else I keep thinking about in terms of the Super Bowl is that one of these days, ever since they added the extra week to the, mm -hmm. the regular season, one of these days the Super Bowl is going to end up on Valentine's Day. Yep. And it's going to happen and it's going to ruin relationships. Like there's just going to be people out there. That's just like, it's the Super Bowl. Can't do anything. People are going to want to go out. People are going to want to celebrate their love or whatever. And my poor soon to be husband is just going to have to deal with it. I, 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 I already told him that. I was just like, if this ever happens, sorry. 
Me and my friends actually had a conversation about that and they were all, cause the one girl, my one friend this year was like, is Valentine's, is the Super Bowl on Valentine's Day? And I was like, no, it's a couple days before you're good. And she said, she was like, if that ever happens, that's gonna suck. And I was like, that's like my dream. Like that's the perfect scenario. But I got yelled at because it's not a lot of people's dreams and that's okay. Yeah. That's why I've been, uh, it, I've been doing a lot of my Valentine's Day planning for my wife early this year mm -hmm. because I know, you know, going out to Vegas next week and mm -hmm. all the Super Bowl craziness. I've been trying to trying to get ahead of it as much as I can because but yeah, you're right. One year it's gonna fall on Valentine's Day and that's yeah. not gonna be good for anybody. You're it's a smart be man though. <laughs> yes. Try very smart. Very smart. <laughs> Love but it. before we wrap up everything, we're gonna do a little bit of off season talk, a little bit of draft talk. Mm -hmm. Um I know that you are a coach at New Rochelle. Um, so you kind of, and you've been in scouting and the NFL and all that good stuff, you know, so I feel like we can give you like the floor with this and coming up to the NFL draft. I feel like it's another one of those years where we're not really sure what's going to happen with the first pick um, prospects wise, team wise, you know, the bears could trade, but do you think Caleb Williams is actually capable of being the first overall pick in the NFL draft? I do. And I still, you know, I still have to switch over into draft mode, like really dig into tape of everything. But what I've mm -hmm. seen, I think, you know, you look at the traits that project and and the ceiling of these guys. And I think, you know, when we look at the guys that have been successful, whether it's a Mahomes or Josh Allen, they weren't finished products coming out of college. They had some issues, but you saw the arm, you saw the athleticism, you saw the things that that translate. And I think Caleb Williams has all of those things. Um, again, I agree with Jordan. I'd love for him to go to a place where he can sit for a year and develop. I'm, I'm big on that too. I think it's so critical for guys development. It's really hard. Like if you have mechanical things that need to be fixed or, you know, areas of your game, you need to, you need to adjust. It's really hard to do that while trying to master a playbook and worry about everything that's going on on the field as a rookie. It's mm -hmm. just, it, it is, it's nearly impossible. It's over, it's completely overwhelming. And um, I think you can develop a lot faster if you have that year to sit. So I think he, especially given just some of the things I've seen that he needs to work on, I think it would be especially critical for him to go somewhere where he could sit for a little bit. Yeah, no. And I, one of my favorite quarterbacks, I'm a Florida Gators fan. So one of my favorite quarterbacks coming into this season was Anthony Richardson and Sam was with me when he got drafted. And I was super nervous initially when he went to the Colts and obviously we didn't get to see a full season. Um, but I, same thing. I, I knew he had the talent, um, but I was super nervous about how it was going to translate to an NFL offense where immediately this entire organization is kind of building around you. Um, it's a lot of pressure and there's a lot that, yeah that can go wrong, but um, are there any other quarterbacks or any other prospects that you think people should really have their eye on as kind of like those second, third backup picks? Yeah. I think Drake may is really interesting too. And again, I think he's going to be up there. I, I, again, I got to dig into the tape a little bit more and like really get into my, my draft prep mode. Yeah. But um, you know, from what I've seen, I think he could potentially challenge for that number one overall pick. I think he he's really talented too. And uh yeah, from what I've seen, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him, if we see a little bit of a debate developing there as this draft mm. process goes on. Ooh, 
We love a debate. Me and Sam are big <laughs> fans of the NFL offseason because we eat up every headline. We love because then by the time the season starts, majority of it never happens. You forget it. <laughs> It was all just to keep us entertained. Goes in a completely different direction, but we fall for every headline. We it's, it's so funny because, like, obviously, foot, when football is happening, we're like, "Oh yes, it's football season. This is great." But the second like March rolls around, we're like, "Ooh, who's getting arrested? Who's doing yeah. this? Who's doing that? Who's screwing their friends' moms? Whatever!" Like, it's like crazy it's stuff. And by the time August comes around, we've forgotten all of it. Like, oh, yeah. a, a re reoccurring bit on our show is that Jordan and I always bring up the fact that we talk about, we talked about one offseason, how Danny Amendola retired. And then the season came around and we both went, is Danny Amendola on a team? And like, we like straight up had a full conversation about him, like not being on it. And then we couldn't remember about whether or not he was even in the league anymore. And then... All of a sudden, flash forward, it's like week seven. We're watching Red Zone separately. All of a sudden, Danny Amendola has a touchdown for the Texans. And I went, wait a second. And I texted <laughs> Sam and I was like, I remember. Like, <laughs> we were like, wait a second. What did we miss here? At the same exact time, we were both like, Danny Amendola does exist. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the offseason's a wild place. We love um, it. Oh, yeah. And before we wrap up, obviously – as a Giants fan, we were just talking about Daniel Jones. Um, what are your thoughts about this draft for the Giants? Do you think they're going to draft a quarterback? Do you think they're going to trade back? Do you think you're going to trade up? Because, like, I'm petrified, but also super excited. It's, like, crazy feelings to have because um, I genuinely really don't think I know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's, a really tough, it's a really tough spot right now because – when you look at the Daniel Jones contract, it you know, you can't fully move on from him if you draft another quarterback. But again, as we said, it might not be the worst thing if you have a guy and have him sit, but that's also hard to sell to the fan base. Um, I don't know. My gut is telling me, again, if he's healthy, if things are kind of checking out and it doesn't look like it's going to be anything that's going to affect him with these injuries going forward, I do think we we see another year of Daniel Jones. I'd love to see them get him a receiver. Marvin Harrison Jr. maybe would be fantastic. God, please. Um, because they've never really had – they still haven't really had the weapons. I love Wandale Robinson, how he, he, how he came along. I think that's going to be huge. But getting that real bona fide number one guy for him, um, again, it, it, not only is it going to help him play better, obviously, but it's going to give you a better idea of what he really is and what you really have there at the quarterback spot. So you can evaluate it and decide what you want to do with him going forward. For sure. My, my like ultimate thing that I would love to happen is like second or third round, they get Sam Hartman and Sam Hartman sits for a year behind Daniel Jones and then comes in. I'm a big Sam Hartman fan. Um, but I know he's not like a day one guy. So I'm like, you know, what do we do with this pick? It's like, if we sit at six, it's like the quarterbacks are not going to be worth it to take in the first round, in my opinion, no. by that time. So it's like, might as well just go to day two or day three guy. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Sam, maybe you get your Jalen Hurts moment. At least you're a little bit more prepared for it. I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm frightened. It's I'm it's not such a tough work. spot. It really is being yeah. a yeah. Again, I've been a, I've been a Daniel Truther since he got picked six overall. Like I was 
like, okay, we can work with this. Like, I think that this is a great idea. And to be honest, it would have been a really good idea if you just stayed healthy. Like it would have just been a completely (laughs) different conversation, but like, I just, it's so difficult, but I would love a receiver. I love Wandale. I love seeing what Jalen Hyatt can do. I think he's got a lot of potential, but it's just yeah, if you get a real number one there with those guys, it, the deep yeah. threat of Hyatt, the slot receiver with Wandell, and you get a real number one, then you really have, you know, you have kind of all those layers that you need in a good receiving core. Yeah. And we can't even bring in a free agent because every time we do that, they just are horrible. Yeah, it's like yeah horrible. Or getting hurt. Yeah. yeah. It's, which is sad because I know Jordan loves Darren Waller. I do love Darren Waller. I was sad that about was, that. But that was an eventful day. That was an eventful day. We've had a lot of eventful days. <laughs> All of our days are eventful. Every day is an adventure. <laughs> and, and real quick, Matt, as as an Eagles fan, I want your thoughts. What should what do you think I should prepare for for next season? Because I'm still stuck in the biased mindset of, hey, now we got new coordinators. We're moving in the right direction. Um, do you think Kellen Moore can really kind of improve our offense compared to what we saw in the second half of this season? Um, or, or do you think we're in for kind of a messy road? And I, I think the Eagles are going to be one of the biggest mysteries heading into next year. Cause mm-hmm. I don't think we know fully what happened. Like obviously the coordinators were kind of an issue all year long, right? Like we mm-hmm. saw that play out, but it seems like there was something more going on there too. Um, behind the scenes that we, may find out five years from now, I don't know, or may find out even this off season, but um, you know, that locker room has to come together. That's going to be a big key. But um, as far as the coordinators, Kellen Moore, I do like Kellen Moore. I know there's stuff attached to him too with what, you know, went on with the Cowboys, but he, he had top five offenses every year with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Obviously things didn't work out in LA. They had a lot of other issues going on too, but um, he actually was one of the backup quarterbacks when I was with the lions up there and he is one of the smartest people football people i've ever been around he is a genius and that's how he's able you know that ball was coming out of his hand like 10 miles per hour sometimes <laughs> in practice that's how you stay on an nfl roster because he's just he's brilliant um and uh you know so i think and again he's also really young i think he's people don't think about coaches as developing but coaches develop too um so i think there are going to be a lot of great things coming for him in his nfl coaching career and then obviously vic fangio one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time that was an absolute steal to be able to get him in there so uh i think they made the right hires i love what they did i it's hard to do better um i think when you're you know when you're approaching the situation that they had so um hopefully from an eagles perspective that's enough to fix it but um i i do think it's it, there's still that element of like what's going on with that locker room that we're gonna have to find out yeah no i still keep waiting for the news one day where it's like jalen hurts has had knee surgery because i feel like that it was an issue all all season yeah. that no one yeah. ever really discussed um obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but just a standpoint from him just the way he was rushing and moving this season it didn't look like the Jalen Hurts that we've seen um and then also I've heard a lot of rumors and again no idea what's true but a lot of speculation that this year ever since he got paid he hasn't been as good of a leader like as good of a locker room presence as he was initially so again these are all rumors I still believe in everyone and I'm 
hoping for the best for everyone. Um, as long as we get some linebackers, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and also we were out there in training camp and I don't know, he was, he was locked in. Like even just seeing him in the facility, like we walked by to do some other things in the, in the building and we walk, he's in the cafeteria and he's like, he's got his iPad, he's watching tape. He's like, God is that he was so locked in. Yes. Like, I don't think there was any drop off from that. I don't buy that at all. Um, I just think, you know, I think there were some other issues that were going on there. We actually have uh, AJ Brown and Devonte Smith on our show tomorrow oh. together. Um, and I'm excited to kind of hear what they say oh, and if they give any insight onto, onto what happened there too, it's going to be interesting. Oh my God. Well, everyone has to tune into Up and Adams to get that inside scoop. And Matt, we cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. This has been so fun. I'm feeling so pumped, so amped for the Super Bowl that I've been absolutely dreading. Um, <laughs> if you are new here, make sure to give um, us a, a, a subscribe here. If you like this episode, give it a thumbs up. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials at, at the unsolicited underscore podcast. For TikTok threads, Instagram, follow us on Twitter at Sam and Jordan. And again, check Matt out on Up and Adams. Matt, is there anything else you want to plug before we hop off? Um, no, I think I think you hit it. You hit it on the head. I appreciate you guys having me. This is so much fun. And um, anytime, anytime you want me back, I'm more than happy to join. You are more than welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Matt and everybody. There's no new episode next week because I'll also be in Vegas next week for the Super Bowl. So we will not be having an episode next week. Um, but the following week, we will be going over the Super Bowl. It'll be a great time. We find out. By the next time Unsolicited comes out, we'll know who have won the Super Bowl, which is crazy to think about. And but. maybe Travis proposes. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we have like a whole royal wedding episode. Who knows? <laughs> Anything could happen in the next two weeks. But thank you guys all for listening, and we will catch you soon.